This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. Hey, everybody. This is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trading the Stock Market, and I have a good episode for you guys today. We're going to be talking about trailing stops. We're going to talk about how to use them if you should use them, and whether or not I like to use them. And this email today comes from a guy, I'm going to call him Gus. And Gus writes, first and foremost, great podcast. I discovered it months ago, and I'm catching up on past episodes. I love the whiskey reviews. You got me drinking old fashions now. Hopefully not too many. They sure grow on you. I do get the store-bought syrup, but I have been experimenting with my own bitters, a combo of nutmeg, cardamom, caraway, and orange zest. All good stuff, man. I either use Maker's Mark or Jim Beam. I've always wondered what your thoughts are on plain old Jim Beam. First of all, Jim Beam, eh, it's kind of like Jack Daniels. I prefer personally to go with Knob Creek 9-year. It's 100 proof, really good for the old fashions. The the heat and the the spice comes down dramatically off of that when, when you use it in a old-fashioned. On to my question. You have discussed you don't like using trailing stops, but there are times when I am not able to babysit stocks and I use the trailing stops. For the most part, it has been okay, except when it has stopped me out early, but but it's also saved me at times. I also use trailing percentages to occasionally purchase stocks. It works great when the stock is in the uptrend, but I wrestle with the best percentage to use. One, two, six, eight. That's probably in the risk-reward category, or maybe you'll tell me better off not to use them. Okay, well, it's not a yes or no question. That would make it hard. But before I answer that, what am I drinking today? I'm drinking Blanton's Single Barrel Bourbon Special Reserve. Kind of a hard one to find. I got it online. It's a green-labeled Blanton's bottle. I think the letter on this one, if you're not familiar, each one of the Blanton's bottles have a specific letter on the horse. This has an A on it. And it's 40% alcohol, 80 proof. So it's pretty much the lowest a bourbon can possibly be at 80 proof. A lot of your Blanton's, they'll be at like 50, 55% alcohol or 110, 115 proof. The color on it's pretty nice. It's a little bit on the lighter side, but still a nice, nice brown color to it. To the nose, you you, you pick up a lot of like toffee smells. It's 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 really nice, and I even s- smell some banana in it, which I don't smell that in a lot of them. The taste isn't that strong. The taste is pleasant, but it's not strong. My wife loves this stuff. It's light. It's airy. If you know somebody too that doesn't really like bourbons or they're trying to get into like the single barrel bourbons, this is a good starter one. A little bit on the expensive side. Usually your Blanton's will always cost you about $100 at least a bottle. Um, There's a little bit of spice on the end, but again, because it's 80 proof, there's not going to be a whole lot of it. Picking up on some citrus flavors on the taste. Almost in and of itself, it's like drinking an old fashioned because of those orange citrus flavors that's in it. Pleasant finish. I'm going to give it an 8.0. 
One, it, it's not an everyday sipper because it's too expensive to be an everyday sipper. Do I like it better than Buffalo Trace? Buffalo Trace is 45% 90 proof, so it's hard to really put it above Buffalo Trace. As crazy as that sounds because Buffalo Trace is so readily available. But Buffalo Trace is good. I gave it an 8.1. I think I give this one an 8.0. I can't really go any higher than that because the alcohol level is so much lower. Now, before I get into the trailing stops too, swingtradingthestockmarket.com. You're going to want to go there. That's where I put all my market research out there for you guys to check out. I'm going to provide you with my updates on the indices. That's the S&P 500, the NASDAQ 100, and the Russell 2000. Plus, I'm going to give you weekly updates on all the FANG stocks, plus Tesla. And on top of all that, you're going to get my weekly watch list, plus the stocks that I'm watching each morning at the open, as well as some of the most intriguing charts that I come across each and every day. So swingtradingthestockmarket.com, check that out. And in the process, you're supporting this podcast, not to mention it's super cheap. All right, trailing stop losses. They're better than using no stop losses at all. I'll start with that because I'm not a huge fan of trailing stop losses, and I'm going to get into that in a second. But they are better than using no stop losses at all. So keep that in mind. Now, there is some benefits to it. It, it. it makes it a much more mechanical trade, less off of emotion, less off of your own analysis, and you're leaving it more up to a simple numbers game. If you want to use a 6% stop loss, you put in a 6% stop loss and you stay in the trade until it blows through it. Or if earnings comes out like me, I would just close it regardless because I'm not going to hold a stock through earnings. If you like 4%, you can go with the 4% or 10%, you can go with 10%. So these trailing stop losses, they are useful for those who don't want to do the homework. The reason why I don't like the trailing stop losses is because so often if the stock is continuing to march higher, well, it's pulling that stop loss up with it too. And as it pulls stock, the stop loss up higher, it's going to put it in like areas of no man's land where it's easy to stop out of this trade for no particular reason because it didn't violate a support level or it didn't have a break of a trend line. You just get stopped out because that's where it happened to be at 6% off of the all-time highs of that trade. And for those who don't know what a trailing stop loss is, let me go ahead and explain it. Trailing stop loss is where, and it's two different types. You can use it with a dollar amount or you can use it with a percentage. Most people use percentages. If you use it with a dollar amount, you're basically saying that you want a stop loss to be $2 below or $1 below. But let's just say for this instance, $2 below where you get in at. Let's say you get into a stock at $100 and the stock goes all the way from $100 to $105. Now, all of a sudden, your stop loss is at $103. If it goes down to $102.99, you're out of the trade. If it doesn't take you out of the trade and it goes up to 106, now your stop loss is at 104 and so forth. It keeps going higher and higher and higher. Now, if it goes from 100 up to $200, the problem with the dollar stop loss is that from a percentage standpoint, your stop loss is actually narrowing as the stock increases in value. So that if you, let's say you have a big home run trade and it goes from $100 to $200 overnight, and you're still using that trailing stop loss of $198, well, now your stop loss is really only 1% versus originally at 2%. So it'll be much easier to stop out of the trade when you might not really be ready to get out of that trade when you're looking at the chart and performing technical analysis on it. The same would be said if you had a $10 stop loss on a $100 stock and it goes up to 200, then all of a sudden your 10% that you're risking with that $10 trailing stop loss is now only 5% when it hits 200. But on the flip side, the trailing stop loss from a percentage standpoint actually increases the overall percentage amount on your original trade that you stand to lose. 
So let's use a crazy scenario here. Let's say you get into a stock at $100 and you're using a 10% trailing stop loss instead of a, a dollar amount. You're just straight up 10%. Okay, if it goes down to 90, you're out for a 10% loss. But let's say this thing goes up to $500 a share. Okay, you're up 400%. But where's your stop loss at at that point? Well, it's at $500 and 10% of $500 is actually 50 bucks. So now your stop loss is at $450 a share, which is actually 50% stop loss of your original trade. Granted, you're up a ton, okay? And, and I'd probably be okay with that in that particular situation, considering that you know the stock's up 400%. I'm risking 50% for it to keep going higher. Fine. The stock drops 10%. You're doing okay still. Not just okay. You're doing really good. So you see... With the dollar amounts, your stop loss from a percentage standpoint, if you're using dollar stop losses, your percentage is going to tighten. If you're using percentages as your stop loss or trailing stop loss, as the stock increases in value, your percentage actually increases over time. Now, if you get in at 100 and it never even goes up one penny and it starts going down, that stop loss will never move from 90. But it's always going to be like if the trailing stop loss is 10%, it's always going to be 10% off of the highest price that that trade ever hit. Now, if you put in the trades every day, then it's going to be based off of the opening price and not what you originally got in at. So you got to remember that too. I'm assuming here that you're using good to cancel orders because that's really what a trailing stop loss is for. Now, the problem with trailing stop losses too is because most people use them as a GTC or good to cancel, it's easy, especially if you're using a tight stop loss to get stopped out in that first 30 minutes of trading. One of the things I do in my own personal trading is, is that I never use GTC stop losses. I use stop losses that expire at the end of each day. And as a result, I will actually put in my stop losses each and every morning. It usually takes me only a few minutes to do it. But as a result, it avoids me from getting some kind of weird bid and ask price to where the bid and ask is way below my stop loss, even though they may never even print a sale below my stop loss, it'll flash below it for just a split second and then go back to normal trading. Might ultimately trade one or 2% higher at the open, but it will have this moment where the bid and the ask price flash below my stop loss and, and that will trigger a stop loss. And as a result, you're out of the trade. Not below there, but wherever that first, it'll initiate that stop loss getting triggered and it'll put a sell market order in there. And that's not a good thing. So I'm against putting my stop losses in and keeping them as a good to cancel order. But with trailing stops, that's essentially what most people are doing. And it puts you at risk for that happening. And, and Gus here, he mentions, you know, hey, you know, I get stopped out and it goes back up. Yes, that's going to happen with stop losses. No matter how good you are at placing your stop losses, it's not going to be a perfect science, but it's one of the best sciences out there is using those stop losses. And when you use those stop losses, it's putting you in a position from blowing up your portfolio. And along the way, you may get stopped out of stocks that you don't want to be, whether it's a trailing stop or just a regular stop loss like what I use. You're going to get triggered and you're going to see it. it happens to me all the time. And that doesn't make me a bad trader. It just makes me a real trader that actually deals with real problems that traders deal with. And, and when you get stopped out of a stock, the stock doesn't care that you got stopped out. The stock's either going to go back up or continue to go back down. And it doesn't care whether or not you're along for the ride, but we personalize it when it does it without us because it, we feel like, hey, why, why would you do that? You just stopped me out. Why are you going back up all of a sudden? We can't personalize it because that's just part of trading. But where the stop losses really benefit you at is that you're able to take those stop losses. And we're not talking about trailing stops. We're talking about the stop losses that I use. I just use a stop loss 
at an amount that I set every morning before I trade. I'm I'm not looking to expand the stop loss. You know, if I got in at 100 and I put my stop loss at 90, the next day I'm not going to put it at 85. I'm usually looking for opportunities where I can logically increase my stop loss and tighten it so that I'm taking some risk off the table if the trades to go bad. Because what I ultimately want to do is put my stop loss below a key level that tells me if you get stopped out at this level, it's game over. It's no longer a reason to stay in it. Yes, it could go back up. But from a technical analysis standpoint, it crossed a threshold that it shouldn't have. I'm getting out of it. And oftentimes, I like there to be multiple layers of support. Those are some of the best trades to have multiple layers of support because it won't have to just break one support level. It's got to break four or five support levels. And those are really fantastic. They're hard to find, but they're really good because it gives you more opportunity to profit on it because it's so much more difficult for it to break those key levels of support. But if you have a trailing stop loss and the stock's going up, it may put that stop loss way above the key support levels. And while it may never violate those support levels, it may trigger that stop loss. And that stinks. The other thing that you got to watch out for too with stop losses is the gaps. The gap's higher. So a lot of times you'll see a stock, it'll gap up 2%, but close the day at like, a quarter percent higher, a half percent higher. That's because a lot of times at the open, there's a lot of euphoria. And when there's a lot of euphoria or a lot of people who are wanting to buy at it, buying it at the open because they've been thinking about it all night or they've just been contemplating wanting to get into that stock, as soon as that market opens, boom, they're in it. It'll send the stock up, you know, one or 2% because that's when the liquidity is very much off in the morning. That's why you see some of the biggest swings in that first 30 minutes to an hour of trading. And so it might go up 2% and come back down. But if you have a 2% stop loss or a 1.5% stop loss or whatever it is that you're comfortable with, then you're just increasing the chances that that morning euphoria is ultimately going to be what leads to you getting stopped out later in the day when things come back down to earth. And then even if you don't get stopped out, you can have like multiple days where there's gaps higher and not necessarily see the stock follow through and continue to rally throughout the day. And if that's the case, it makes it even harder to stay in the stock if you're using a tight stop loss. So those gaps higher, they will erode your this quality of your trailing stop over time. Because if a stock, let's say the stock opens up at, you get into the stock at 100 and it opens up at $103 a share and you're using like a 5% stop loss. Well, then all of a sudden your stop loss is going to be around $97 and I don't know, 75 cents a share. And then by the end of the day, it closes at $101. You still made a decent trade or you, you're still up on the trade, which is good. And you still made money on the day. Let's say it gaps up at $106 and comes all the way back down to $100.70. You're out of the trade right there. Even though you're up on the trade still, overall, you're out of the trade. So that's where the trailing stop losses can really mess you up because when it gaps higher, it'll pull that stop loss up with it too. You got to remember, I mean, a lot of us work completely different jobs as it pertains to the stock market. We have a full-time job and the stock market is our side gig. And that's what a lot of you guys do. Stock market is something that you want to do well at, but you're not going to walk away from your job just yet. And so you have demands on the job that may not allow you every day at 9.30 a.m. Eastern to put in all your stop losses. So you have to use the good to cancel. And look, as a trader, we have to trade based off of the conditions that we trade. And it doesn't mean you can't be successful using trailing stops or using good to cancel orders. You can be. But what I'm trying to do is unearth every way to make you a better trader for me to be a better trader. And these are the things that I have learned over many, many years of experience, even decades of experience trading the stock market. Now, the other thing too, I know like Thinkorswim lets you do this. And I'm assuming most of the other platforms allow you to do it because they're so incredibly competitive with each other, but you can put conditional orders in. You can say, okay, I want to put in my stop loss at 9.30 AM and 45 seconds. 
And so at 9.30 a.m., 45 seconds into the market open, Thinkorswim will put that order in, or maybe it's 9.31 or 9.32. Whatever way you want it, you can put conditional orders in there that will let you do it. You know, call up the Thinkorswim help desk and and ask them. I hope that I don't like overwhelm them with people this this upcoming week of people asking them how to do that. But nonetheless, that is a, a really good way to be able to put your orders in every morning after the market opens, even if you're not able to do that in real time. Now, granted, I mean, things can happen. You can gap lower in the S&P 500 and it's sending stocks down and you got that 45 second window where things can get really ugly and push it below where you would like to get out at, or the stop loss could be already below where you want to get in and what you put your conditional format in and the, the order gets rejected. So those, those are some of the, like the pros and cons there, but it's important. Take time for some homework. You know, if, if you're worried about the risk too much, then, then, um, you know, if it was me, I would I would probably just use the good to cancel orders or the trailing stop losses and have that peace of mind. Yeah, I may get stopped out erroneously, but I'm preserving my capital in the process. But if you can do some homework at night, figure out where you think the stop loss should be placed at below which key support levels. And if your job or your life is such that you can take the the opening bell and take the time to put those stop losses in all the better. All right. And and. He has a couple other questions too. He uses trailing stops to occasionally purchase a stock. That's basically where you're putting in a buy order on a trailing stop basis to where maybe a lot of times it's because it's in a free fall, right? So you're saying, okay, I don't want to try to catch the falling knife. I'd rather catch it a little bit off the rebound. So if a stock opens $10 lower from where it opened up the previous day, from where it closed the previous day at 100, it opens up at 90 and it's just in a free fall. Maybe you have a 2% stop loss. Okay. So Maybe you have like a $2 stop loss. So, okay, it opens up at 90. You have a trailing stop to buy at 92. If it goes down to 85, then you have a trailing stop loss at 87. If it goes down to 80, then it's at 82. And then finally, when it does bounce and it comes back up to 82, all of a sudden you're in it. Is that a bad way to do it? I think it's it falls into the catching the falling knife category. And sometimes just because it bounces $2, it could just be a relief bounce before it starts that next leg lower. It's not always the best way. I personally don't use them. I like to look at the charts and see that, okay, is the market rallying right now? Is this just kind of like a blip on the radar? Why it just bounced a couple of bucks? I want to see on the charts, I want to see a base form because the opportunity to buy it at $80 when you originally put your trailing buy order in when it was at $90, it may not make sense at 80. Things can change. There can be more bad news coming out about it where you're just like, look, I don't want nothing to do with this thing. So the trailing buys can be problematic in that regard. And he asks about what's the best percentages to use. That's probably a risk reward category. It is. I mean, for me, most of my stop losses are somewhere between four and 6%. If I can get lower than 4%, I'll do it. So sometimes it might be two to 3%. I rarely, rarely go, you know, one or less than 1%. But you also got to remember too, it's not just about risk. It's also about the reward because if you're trying to get a two to one return for what you re- risk, the the bigger the risk, the more the return you got to get to justify that kind of a trade. So to wrap it up, is trailing stop losses a bad thing? I don't think they're your best option is how I would categorize it. Depending on your level of freedom with the markets, you may not have enough freedom with your jobs or with your life circumstances that allows you to put in your orders each day after the market opens. It may be that you have to use a good to cancel order or a trailing stop to make sure that you can capture as much of that rally as possible. For me, I like to put my orders in every day at the market open and evaluate the stocks and, and where the, the best area is to where to place my stop loss at or where to raise it at thereafter in the trade. 
If you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to make sure to leave a review. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. I'm doing this podcast on National Podcast Day. So the, if you enjoy this podcast, the best compliment you can do is leave a good five-star review. It would mean the world to me. I read all the reviews. But uh, <laughs> nonetheless, make sure to do that. Make sure to sign up for swing trade in the stockmarket.com. Get all my market research and keep sending me those questions. Brian at SharePointer.com. Some of you guys hit me up on Instagram. That's fine too. But uh, keep sending me those questions and I'll do my very best to get to your questions on air. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the SharePointer trading block where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world. With your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead, sign up by going to SharePointer.com slash trading block. That's www.SharePointer.com slash trading block. And follow me on SharePointer's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at Brian at SharePointer.com. All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon.